the uh, there was a uh, a pastor, and this is actually there's a lot of truth in this. He this pastor made this New Year's resolution, and actually from Minnesota, he said, "I made the following New Year's resolution: I resolve to turn my microphone off when I go out of the chancel to blow my nose during service." You know, so yes, you think about things like that. But uh, so 2020, as they say, is in the books, right? You know, and I think all around the world there is this collective sigh of relief, and. Um, it was interesting, to say the least, 2020. And, you know, there were positive aspects to the year, right? I mean, after all, babies were born, birthdays were celebrated, weddings took place, and people were promoted, and there's all sorts of good things that happened during 2020. You know, uh, Dora and I saw God work in a mighty way in 2020 when I lost my job, yet God provided, provided the job right when I needed you know, proving that he is Jehovah Jireh, right? The Lord who provides. And, uh, and you know, he, he worked in our life. You know, we were able to sell our house and we moved into the parsonage, which is a great blessing. It's great to be here, you know, among everybody. And so God was still working in a mighty way in 2020. But I think 2020 really will be remembered for the hard, frustrating emotional, perplexing, and sad, and difficult times that occurred here at home and throughout the nation and around the world. It, of course, will be remembered for the sickness. It'll be remembered for the social unrest and upheaval that occurred. And, of course, it'll be remembered for the, the coarseness and confusion in our political discourse that is going through our nation and political process. Everyone in one way or another was touched by 2020. Believers and non-believers alike, right? I mean, it's, just, it's the way it happens, life. Lahaim, right? Life to life. But we all look to 2021. And when you look, when you experience a time like 2020, there is a tendency, and we're here at this new year, there's a tendency to examine our lives, right? To kind of examine uh, and take stock of our situation, see where we need to make changes, see where we've been, see where we want to go. And, you know, that's actually a very biblical stance. That's a very biblical practice, this self-examination. In fact, earlier today during the service, we had that time of private reflection, that self-examination where we, we examine and we, uh, as Lamentations 3.40 says, let us test and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. In other words, you know, we, is there some way that we're drifting away from God? If there is, we need to change that and go back and look back to God and come back to the Lord. He's always there waiting for us to come back. I hope you realize that. There's nothing that you could do or not do that God wouldn't be waiting for you with open arms. He wants His people. He wants people to come to Him. And He wants His people who are drifting away from Him to turn around and come back to Him. So, so we look at that and we, we think about that in terms of sin or whatever turning away from God. And it's important. Isaiah 59.2 says, It's your sins that have cut you off 
from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Sin affects our relationship with God. So it's important to recognize and seek forgiveness and repent from any sin in your life because it does indeed affect your walk with God. But Scripture also talks to us and tells us to examine ourselves in a little bit deeper way, a somewhat deeper way, like 2 Corinthians, it's our verse we read today. Put yourselves to the test and judge yourselves to find out whether you are living in faith Surely you know that Christ Jesus is in you unless you have completely failed. It says, put yourselves to the test and judge yourselves. In other words, what Paul is saying here is look closely at yourself. Examine your life. Are you really living out your faith in Christ? Or are you just going through the motions? Are you just kind of doing the steps? Just kind of uh, doing what, you know, just going through the motions. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians as well, 5.15. He says, he, talking about Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So there's two questions to ask yourself here, right? Have you received that new life in Christ? And if you have, are you living for him? Or are you living for yourself? We can have received Jesus and still live for ourselves. Now, the first question is pretty straightforward, right? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you received his gift of eternal life? Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of life, a gift of God is eternal life. I pray you have, because it will certainly be the most important decision in your life. It's literally, literally a decision of life and death. Life with eternity with God or eternally separated from God. Spiritual death. And it's your choice. It's your choice. And I pray you've chosen life. I pray you choose well and not poorly. And that brings us to the second question to ponder and to consider. If you have received Christ... Are you faithfully following him? Are you living in him as the scripture says? That's the test that Paul is asking us to give in that scripture we just read, 2 Corinthians 13. This question is not really one of salvation, but it's one of lordship. Who's sitting on the throne of your life? You know, there's an evangelistic tract called the Four Spiritual Laws. Know, anybody ever heard of it? That's one of my faith. That's how I came to the Lord is the four spiritual laws. And in there, there's an illustration of a throne. And they ask you, who's on the throne of your life? And it can be God or it can be you on the throne. And, and so they show the illustration that with you on the throne, eventually what happens is that life kind of devolves into a chaos, into there's no order. And it's just, but with God on the throne, there's, there's order and there's peace. And so who are we putting on the throne of our life? Now, Dawson Trotman, in your bulletins, Dawson Trotman is the founder of the Navigators. 
Now, by the way, this interesting point, that Dawson Trotman was born here in Bisbee. And so he, uh, we have an old track that Gary gave me from a ministerial fellowship meeting years and years ago that um, a person wrote about the life of Dawson Trotman. But one of the tools he liked to use, used to like to do and was this wheel. And, it, and it's talked about the wheel is an obedient Christian. What are the markers? What are the uh, uh, signs, if you will, of an obedient Christian? You have this wheel and you have the obedient Christian. But of course, to be an obedient Christian, the center has to be what? It has to be Jesus, right? Have to be Christ. He's holding everything together. And part of the spokes of the wheel to be an obedient Christian is the Word of God. You have to be in the Word of God. You have to be in prayer. You have to be in fellowship. And you have to be witnessing or telling others about Jesus. Okay, and to do that, that, be, that is the mark, the hallmark of an obedient Christian. And if one of those spokes isn't happening, then it affects the other spoke. Okay, and so there's an explanation down here. It's really neat. Just take it on your own time and read it. But why is this all important? It's, it's important because the Christian life is really a life about obedience. To obey Christ and obey the Word of God. If we're, we're called to be totally committed to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, what? Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. In 1 Samuel, it's, uh, Samuel says, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to His voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of the fat of rams. It isn't your works you do. It isn't how much you do. It isn't that you show up to this or you come here and do this or you're working on this or whatever. It's your obedience to God and His Word. Now, so first, it's a question of obedience. But secondly, you know that God has plans and purposes for your life. He has a plan and a purpose to work through you. He, he works largely through His people, does He not? I mean, Jesus told us, He said He wanted us to go out into the world and make disciples. That sounds like a pretty active command, right? To, he wants us to do that. He said in Acts that we will be His witnesses. That we will be His witnesses. So it's, these are clear calls to action from our Lord. And we need to be ready, willing, and able to carry out His mission for us. But we can only do this if we're living in Him and living in total obedience and submission to Him. So we have... A question of obedience. And then we have that God wants to work through us. And thirdly, you know that there's actually blessings to being obedient to God. John 9.31. This is an interesting scripture. John 9.31 says, We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but He's ready to hear those who worship Him and do His will. Now think about that. 
You know, if we're in His will, and we're doing and wanting to do His will, then God is ready to hear us. He wants to hear us. But if we're going our own way, He's not. We've got to turn our way back to Him. Leviticus 26, 3-6, says this, If you walk in My statutes and keep My commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season, the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. There's blessing in obedience. It says, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments. You know, but we're always, and myself included, we're always wanting to go our own way. At some point in time, there's always that tension between the flesh and the spirit. And if we look at this wheel with the word, prayer, fellowship, and witnessing, that builds the spirit to be able to resist the flesh. Now, you know, I thought of this the other day. I was thinking, it's a neat little exercise. Think of the most outrageous thing, and I mean, what well, I mean outrageous, what you would think in your mind, um, difficult or, you know, just whatever. Think of the most outrageous thing that God might ask you to do. Now, I don't know what that would be, but something that God may ask of you. In your mind, that's just totally, oh man, you know. Would you do it? Now this is, if, if you knew God was telling you to do this. We, I was watching, and they had a little trailer for um, uh, that Monty Python and the Holy Grail, right? And, and there was a cloud up there and the, the cloud opened up and there's God speaking right to King Arthur, Arthur, King of the Britons, da-da-da, this is what you'll do. This. Now, if God did that, I mean, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt it was God telling you to do this. Would you do it? Or would you have excuses why you couldn't do it? And if there's any doubt whether or not you would do it, we need to examine why. I mean, because there's things that in my life, maybe places I would go or whatever, that I would have, I probably would have some excuses. You know, so I got to examine that. Why would I have excuses? If I knew God was telling me to do this, why would I make, I should, I should go into it excitingly. I mean, if it's that obvious that God told me to do it, then he's going to provide, he's going to plan the way, he's going to, let's do it and be excited about it. What's God going to do in our life? So if there's any doubt to that, maybe we need to examine who's on the throne of your life. Is it you or God? Well, in case you haven't noticed it or not, 2021 is here. And God has a plan for us and for our church family. 
And He desires us to fulfill His plan. But to do so, we need to be living for Him completely. We also need to let the past go. We need to, to let it go. We need to forget 2020 in the regard sense of the hurts, the disappointments, the sadness, the regrets, anything that would hold you back. And this is scripture also. Listen to Philippians 2:13, or Philippians 3, 12 through 13. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. No, dear brothers, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And I think that's very, very sound advice for all of us. We need to forget the past. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on what might have been, what could have been, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, I, I wish I, I, I was going to look it up and I forgot, but there's a, a, a poem out there. Some of you smart people will probably know it, but, you know, uh, uh, of all the words of something and men, the saddest words of what might have been, you know, something like that. Anyway. That was very rough. The guy who said it's probably rolling over in his grave right now. But anyway, the, uh, but you know, we don't look back. We look ahead because God's got a wonderful plan for each and every one of us. And to access that, we need to be obedient to him. So as we examine our lives, as we examine our lives, let's look at where we need to be obedient to him. We need to examine whether or not he's on the throne of our life. And we need to look forward and be excited for what God has for us and for this church. Are there going to be trials and troubles? Yeah, there will be. Are there going to be difficult times? Yeah, there's going to be. Are there going to be joys? Are there going to be happiness? Yes, there's going to be. It's called life, right? Life. But in Christ, in being obedient to His call, we can have an abundant and full life in the midst of all these difficulties, in the midst of all these. We're going to have it. We're going to go through it. You know, don't listen to anybody that says, you know, oh, you know, uh, you're having a hard time right now because somewhere in there, somewhere you're in sin. And there's a kind of a truth, but just because you're sick or just because you're having a difficult time doesn't mean that you sin somewhere to get there. Right? I mean, it's, it's not a name it, claim it thing where we have, you know, if everything's, if we're right with Jesus, then everything's going to be perfect in our life. It's not going to be that way. But through the difficulties, through the trials, through the troubles, we can have peace and joy and have that abundant life. So resolve today. Resolve right now to live for Him, to serve Him. And you know what? If he calls you to do something outrageous, step out in faith and do it. You won't regret it. Amen? All right, let's pray.